Hello and welcome to Meet the Education Researcher. This is a podcast from the Faculty of Education at Monash University and here we talk with researchers in and around the faculty about their current reading, writing and thinking. So welcome to another instalment of Meet the Education Researcher. My name is Neil Selwyn. I work in the Faculty of Education, Monash University in Melbourne, Australia. And the aim of these interviews is simple. We spend 15 minutes or so getting to know what researchers in and around the faculty are currently up to. So today I'm joined by Mark Rickinson, an Associate Professor in the Faculty. Good morning, Mark. Hi, Neil. Now, over the past decade or so, you've been focusing your attention on how universities can improve the quality of evidence use. This is a really important area, but before we get down to the business of evidence use, I'm interested in you. What's been your journey to where you are now and what have you been doing over the past 20 years or so? So, Neil, for most of the last 20 years, I've been an educational researcher, but not a researcher in universities. Uh, My background was teaching geography, secondary and environmental studies. Um, Then I moved into curriculum research, um, did my PhD in that area. And then after that, basically since then, I've worked either in a large uh, research organisation, NFER, the National Foundation for Educational Research, which is like the UK's equivalent of ACER, doing policy research. And then uh, that was about eight years. And then I worked for about another eight years freelance as an independent education researcher. And all of that work was kind of at the intersection of policy research and, pra- mm. and practice. So what pushed you from doing a PhD in a university to working in kind of the third sector? I didn't see good op- good opportunities at that time in the kind of mid-90s when I finished my, or late 90s when I finished my PhD. Um, it seemed to be there were a few possibilities of postdocs and I was interested in a, a job um, in applied research and an opportunity came up at NFER and I jumped at it and really enjoyed it. So what's the difference between applied research and academic research? At the time, I mean, I think universities have moved more towards that kind of commission contract research, mm. but it was working across a variety of topics um, and in response to policy needs or uh, networks of schools needs. Um, so really, it's it, it was about being responsive, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Now, to the topic of being responsive and mm. evidence use, I've heard you argue that it's the duty of universities to work with schools and school systems to understand how to improve the quality of evidence use. Why is it a duty of universities to do this? I always go back to that the Lawrence Stenhouse quote about what research is, which is systematic inquiry made public. And I think we tend to focus much more on the being systematic in our inquiries, but not enough on the making public. And I see this kind of interest in evidence use in terms of is our work useful? In what ways is it useful? Who is it useful for? Um, and how does it play out in context of policy or practice or uh, community as getting into that making public? Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, I think it's, it, I mean, I guess you could argue it's a duty as well in the sense that a lot of our work is publicly funded. And so to think about how it could be made publicly accessible and useful um, is 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 a duty in a sense um it's a it's a kind of part of our role in society and i guess we've got a duty to ourselves as well because increasingly evidence and education is a private concern so we've got commercial companies coming into this space so i guess universities have to kind of make a case for why why they should still exist yeah no that's exactly right i think it's relevant at an institutional um level but it is relevant you know at an individual level a lot of researchers are Mm. motivated by making a difference yeah um and i think if you're in a system that prizes the system, you know, systematic inquiry, but not enough about the making public, then you're kind of limited by 
the, the difference that you can make. Yeah, absolutely. Now, actually, the first question that I should have asked you is actually how we would define the parameters of evidence use. I mean, it's pretty mm. self-evident from what we've already talked about. But I mean, what are the different aspects of research evidence use that education researchers need to be aware of? I think it's really important to distinguish evidence use from research impact. Mm. And what I mean by that, um, Carol Weiss, who was an educational researcher and evaluator in the States, writing in the kind of mid-70s through till the mid-90s, was a real kind of pioneer in this area. Um, and basically, she was an evaluator, did a lot of work for policy organizations and got curious about whether and how her work was used. There's a lovely quote from her, and I'm hoping I can remember it, but it was, her argument was, social scientists tend to ask, how can we increase the use of research in, in decision-making? Yeah. But not, and what she would prefer us to be asking, is how can we make wiser decisions and in what ways could research help? Yeah. And that's the difference between research impact, which is about how can we get our stuff out there and used? Evidence use is more saying research is one form of evidence, Lots of different kinds of evidence and knowledge are drawn on in decision-making or in, in school improvement or in community development. How can we better understand the role, the distinctive role that research could play? That's To me, that's what understanding evidence, evidence use is about. Right. Uh, now, I'm always aware that education research is not the strongest academic discipline to actually achieve what you've just said. And I know in comparison to some evidence-based practice in areas such as, say, health or criminal justice, um, I mean, they're doing some really interesting things. So... I mean, what is it that's going on in those areas that education research can learn from? You have to be wary of overstating how far health is ahead of education, let's that's say. And a number of, because a number of evidence use researchers in nursing or health, particularly in Canada, have said to me, remember though, some of the early pioneers of this work were educationists like yeah. Carol Weiss and there's, there's a, there are other similar characters um, in, in other countries. But I think what we can learn is the importance of brokerage organizations who play a role at linking research and practice or research and policy. We can learn things about um, having a stronger evidence culture and expectation of evidence use within our professional training, um, so um, within our professional standards, and not just having those as written standards, but actually operationalizing those within organizations. I think those are probably the most in, most important things. Yes, I mean, those are things, I guess, that institutions can do, that universities and faculties mm. to do, changing culture, developing training. What can individual researchers do? I mean, as an individual education mm. researcher, what, what should I personally be doing? My advice around this is always is kind of three things. One is I think people need to get curious about the users of research evidence. So really, really ask yourself a kind of hard question you think, how much do I know about the people who might use my work? Or the brokers that you were talking about brokers. before. brokers, yeah, exactly right. And so get curious and get to know um, and get to understand those, those, you know, what those needs, interests, communication preferences are of those, of those people. Yeah. Um, I think um, when you're doing research, at every possibility is involve people who aren't researchers in the process, not just as dissemination vehicles mm. later on, but actually people who can inform the way in which you frame research questions, the way in which you develop research instruments in, in clever ways. And it doesn't need to be taking a huge amount of time. I think there are ways to meaningfully engage non-researchers. Um, and I think the third thing is just kind of look back over your calendar for the last year and think of the, all the events that you spent time going to 
how many of those were events where most of the people in the room were doing a different job from you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because I think that's stimulating. You get yourself along to events which aren't just about res aren't for researchers, but are for others. So in other words, kind of think about what you're doing, know your audience. Yeah, yeah. Now, talk is cheap, but these things usually require some sort of outside impetus to get things going. And I know that you've been cooking up quite a large research evidence use project. I mean, could you tell me what the Q project is? What does it look like? What does it aim to do? Okay, so the Q project is started off really as a very small, fairly simple idea, which is most of the talk about evidence use focuses on getting high quality evidence to non-researchers. Mm. So it's very much, and there's, there's been lots of debate and discussion about how do we know what constitutes quality evidence? And you've got evidence hierarchies and lots of contest and debate and discussion about that. For me, what's been missing from, from all of those discussions is the, is the other side of the coin, which is what does what constitute quality use? And I think that's much, much more complex and actually more important than mm. what constitutes quality evidence. So this, um, this proposal is to, is to do um, quite a large-scale piece of work um, really to try to synthesize research evidence from within and beyond education that helps us to get a clearer framework around how can we make sense of quality use of evidence so what does it mean to use research evidence intelligently or thoughtfully or wisely as a, as a school leader or as a, as, a, as a head of department in a school or as a support member of support staff or as a school council? So to get a, uh, a framework which makes sense in terms of what are the dimensions of quality use and, and, and what's involved in them, then to do some empirical work in schools that are using research evidence okay, to try yeah. to say, what, is it, what does it look like in reality? Um, because we know from work done on evidence use in other fields that it's highly contextualised. You need to understand how it links in with the specifics of the practice. So what does it look like in a, in a professional learning community? What does it look like on a school council meeting? What does it look like in a leadership team trying to develop their annual implement, implement improvement plan? So the first bit is synthesising the research evidence into a framework. The second bit is going into schools and, and investigating what this looks like empirically. And then using both of those to develop and trial professional learning in different ways to prove the quality of evidence use. I, I guess it's to, I mean, another way of thinking about it is to develop research literacy um, amongst different kinds of education professionals. So, I mean, that is such an ambitious thing to be trying to do. So congratulations on actually getting it off the ground. Now, I guess this is going to be a project that would actually have to be bringing together various aspects of the Australian education community, the international education community. So, I mean, what sort of partners have you got? Are you going to get involved in this sort of project? It's, it's definitely a team sport, not something you can do individually. Mm. Um, so, I mean, and the funder of this who we've been kind of working up with have, have been very helpful in terms of emphasising that importance of getting the right people into the thinking very early on. As you said, working with the people you're doing the research with That's, at the very beginning. Yeah, exactly right. So researchers who aren't in the field of education are really important. Good. So we're, working, we're going to be working very closely with researchers from BehaviourWorks here on uh, BehaviourWorks Australia here on the Monash campus who will bring a really strong behavioural behaviour change lens to the work. We'll also be involving international researchers from uh, the UK and, and uh, North America who work on evidence use but in different fields, so yeah. health, nursing, etc. It's really important, you know, Education is very state-based here in Australia, so it's really important to get um, state education departments on board. So yeah. we've been working closely with f uh, the state education departments across four states to get their buy-in to this. Um, AITSL, 
are also in the Australian Institute for Teaching and School Leadership will also be s- significant because they hold the prof- they kind of have the professional standards for teachers and and uh, so if we want to develop a framework that has professional credibility, then we need the framework to link with those or yeah, to kind yeah. of in some way. So they're important. Um, I think the other thing that will be really essential is the communications piece and really thinking seriously about engagement and impact. And that's not always our strength as researchers, really thinking creatively and strategically about that right from the outset. So we'll be working with, you know, communication specialists in that in that space as well right so i mean if you can't get your project used then i guess you failed from the get-go so it's a really good kind of case study of how to do it now of course i guess a number of criticisms can be made against this current prioritization of impact and engaging with end users i mean what criticisms are there of this approach i mean how do you counter them Okay, so one that's that, that that has really kind of stuck with me goes back to that Carol Weiss quote, mm. you know, in that um, what a focus on impact can do is get get everyone rushing to have impact or to demonstrate their Quality. impact. Yeah, and what that can what what that can cause is a kind of rush for impact. It's it's the how can we increase the use of research and decision making mm. as opposed to us standing back and saying, actually. How do we make wise decisions and what role could research evidence play? So uh, I think it, that's, for me, that's one of the, uh, one of the criticisms of it. It, it. it can push people towards trying to prove impact, which actually isn't, isn't helpful. Um, I think other criticisms, I mean, e- engaging with users, that can be done quite superficially in a kind of tick box type way. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, and, and it can be left just till the end of the project, whereas we'll, we'll get some We'll get some teachers and some um, other brokers in at the end because that will help to get our stuff out there. Yeah. But it doesn't really change the nature of the process. I mean, other criticisms are, you know, it can lead to, and I think this is true, it can lead to a favouring of particular kinds, particular genres of research or particular research topics that are see, seem to be more germane or relevant or topical. And that is problematic. And I think it's really important with all of this is to say that not all research and not all researchers have to be engaging and impactful in the same ways yeah. we need a real we need a variety of ways of being impactful and engaging well, that's that's nice to hear and i guess what you're saying is just be genuine about what you're doing yeah. and kind of be honest yeah. about what you're doing yeah. as well i mean finally all everything we've talked about this project must be taken up all your waking hours i mean it's a huge commitment to a very applied program of work i mean are you managing to actually get some research outputs yourself out of this i mean is this something that you can also do academic journal writing on i mean Mm. are you getting some scholarly kind of intellectual benefit from this as well when i came here the the first thing that john locker and the dean said to me is never never forget your scholarship Mm. and um and actually i think the the route to Getting the Q project up the ground, uh, you know, off the ground has been one of of building up publications. So, you know, we we've done small pilot studies, um, a pilot study with the Victorian Department around the use of evidence in policy making. Done some work with Catholic, Educa- Catholic Education Melbourne around the use of research evidence, uh, understanding schools' engagement with uh, with research, um, and a couple of other projects uh, as as well as those. And all of those have led to journal publications. So journals like Evidence and Policy is is very, is a leading journal in this in this area. And w- yeah, we've got something in at the moment um, which is forthcoming in the Australian Education. Australian educational researcher so yeah well I mean good luck with getting all this off the ground and thanks ever so much for taking the time to talk and I look forward to seeing how it all pans out thank you